0: everyone and welcome to the bloke and the bird show um it's all your fault it it, it is we're really hopeful that the plague has finally run at least the worst of its course through the house we were going to record a show last week I, i fully planned on it and somebody said um no you sound really 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 bad
1: Well, basically, since you couldn't say two words in a row without sniffling, snorting, or coughing, it was not going to be pleasant for anybody, including me.
0: True. And it wasn't even like, you know, a a simple cough. It was more like parts of lung kind of cough.
1: Well, yeah. The problem is we do have to repaint the entire room because your lung bits are all over the wall now.
0: Well, you know, these things happen.
1: I did not want textured walls. And especially not lung-textured walls.
0: These things happen. You, you know, what? what uh, heartfelt, we, we have to just say this. May,
1: That's the sound for James May's theoretical train station. But, but it's not the I'm sorry in Japanese that he constantly says.
0: Sumimasen is exactly what he says. That is sorry in Japanese. Ah, oh. sumimasen. So. Yes, go watch James May: Our Man in Japan on Amazon Prime Videos.
1: It is actually really cute.
0: Don't watch it when you're sick and when making when, when it makes you laugh you cough because that makes it actually less enjoyable, but it's it it's good.
1: Oh, is that why you kept coughing up along during the show? That
0: was part of the reason why was I I would laugh at something and it would
1: hurt a lot. So let's just review. Michael blames me for the plague, even though we both were exposed to it, probably on an airplane from small, germy children. I had the plague for maybe five days with no coughing involved. He's had it now for something close to 17 days and has tried to hack up a lung. So I still say it was your fault. It's not my fault. It was your fault. And your weakened immune system that allowed you to get it far worse than me, so not my fault.
0: That that definitely was. Because we all know that you've been slowly trying to poison me for the last twenty years.
1: Not so slowly. It's just you have a really high tolerance for arsenic.
0: (laughs) It took a long time to develop that tolerance too. I'm glad I had it.
1: someday i'm gonna find your limit <laughs> hey yeah in
0: actual news well i don't even know if this is actual news but you know what's really everybody gonna be talked about
1: awful it. is that someday you are gonna get really really sick and somebody's gonna look at me and go what did you give him all because it was I mean,
0: report, it was recorded
1: all because we've been joking about it for 20 something years
0: yeah. well
1: that'll be fun yeah, just like the time you changed the light bulb, and I was like, "Please don't die," so the police don't come and try to figure out how I pushed you down the stairs.
0: Yeah, p- folks don't have to figure out how that worked.
1: Yeah, that was the light bulb of death.
0: Yes. Anyway.
1: Okay, moving right along. I,
0: well, I, I started with actual news, but I don't know if it really is actual news. So the uh, the new racetrack in I, I'm assuming that it's Kadia. I, I, I don't Kadia. Q-I-D-D-I-Y-A. Kadia. Kadia. Okay. Yes. It's 30 miles uh, away from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Brand uh-huh. new track. Um, it's already hosting a round of Formula E and is part of a, quote, major new entertainment and commercial complex that is being built against the backdrop of a mountain range.
1: Sounds beautiful.
0: I, I, I was thinking it sounds like a certain failed track in Korea. Well. There's that. Qadiyah, or Qadiyah. q K- Uh says that they will be ready to host a Formula One race from 2023.
1: Okay. There should be a lot of money in that.
0: There should be. Um,
1: but pray tell, why are you actually interested in this? Because you don't normally care.
0: I mean, I, I, we do talk about these rumors when they pop up. I mean, we talked about Las Vegas. We're still talking about Miami. We talked about New Jersey, but honestly, really, the only reason why I care is because this track in particular, and the the layout that of the track that will be used for Formula One, is not designed by Formula One's resident track designer Herman Tilke. It no, is designed. You know, I've heard it both ways. I think it's Tilke. It could be Tilke. It
1: could be Tilke because I think he's Dutch. Alright. You know, I should not be the one correcting your pronunciation. I know, it's funny. This is weird.
0: Herman did not design this track. Actually, Alex Wirtz designed the track. Former Formula One driver, president of the GPDA.
1: And favorite track designer of the Boat and the Bird Show.
0: Yes, because why is he the favorite? You know, I'll let you spill (laughs) this. Why is he our favorite, other than the fact that he's not Herman Tilke? Or Tilke?
1: Okay, there he he gets bonus points for not being Herman Tilke,
0: but and Tilke's designed some good tracks, not a lot. I mean he he designed Austin. Right, Austin's a good track.
1: It's like a roller coaster. They say that every time they go to Austin. Yeah, well, um, but he's also the king of the paved runoff.
0: The the paved runoff. Um, he designed Korea. He designed India. Um.
1: Yeah. He okay. neutered
0: Mexico City.
1: And um, Yeah, the list goes on. Yeah. Um, okay, so why Alex Wirtz is the favorite track designer of our show is because in his interview Behind the Grid, Beyond the Grid?
0: Beyond whatever, the Grid.
1: Whatever, be the Beyond grid, the Grid. Beyond the Grid. He talked about that his purpose for the way he designs tracks is to give the track's Life beyond a single race. And the idea of making something sustainable and so that the track does not lose money because it's a large piece of land that is dedicated to a pretty narrow world Mm -hmm. um, is primary in his track designs. And it's well thought out. It's an incredibly good business model, but he partners with these tracks. Not to mention the fact that he's actually kind of funny and he's really smart.
0: Yeah, but... He also, he recognizes the fact that the track that you would design for a Formula One race is probably going to be rather different than a track that you design primarily for track days. Correct. Again, because of that thought of the guy with the 80, 90, 100 plus thousand dollar Porsche, um, he kind of needs the paved runoff area Because, well, you know, their bravery is not in line with their level of skill.
1: Well, exactly. And that's all fine and dandy that they have good paved runoff areas. But it doesn't cause for exciting F1 races. So he's seeking that balance between those two things. And how do you do that? And he brought some unique answers to very challenging questions when he did his interview. And you and I left that interview going, wow, he's really thinking it through very methodically. And we're always impressed by methodical thinkers.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things that he had said is because racing lines tend to be different for Formula One than, say, the $125,000 Porsche, is you can approach the design of the track differently and approach the runoffs differently because the runoffs don't need to be in the same place for both of those cars
1: exactly so i mean like i said he's a super smart guy um honestly probably smarter as a track designer than a racer but i don't know
0: we didn't we've never seen him race
1: we've never seen him race but when he talked about his career i think that he made some career moves that were very emotionally based Mm -hmm. and it does not seem to be what he's doing in his track design company which i think he's more successful at
0: Well, you know, it's interesting when you see the drivers who turn around and become successful businessmen outside of it and show that that there is more to them than just driving fast and the bravado that comes with it. Nico Rosberg. Ooh. Okay. Um, (laughs) So somebody that that Nico likes to target is Max Verstappen. Um, As we mentioned in our last show... Uh, Christian Horner thought that Max wasn't going anywhere and he thought that we were going to have a fairly tame silly season this year and sure enough a couple of days after we posted the show Max got a new three year contract
1: of course he did let's lock him up because as fast as you lock up Max then silly season gets underway and it's over with really quick
0: there's one other thing that I think is fairly significant to this so we know that the Red Bull contract and the Toro Rosso contract with Honda and Honda's commitment to Formula One was until initially 2020, and then we got word that they extended it to 2021. With Max being willing to extend for three years as opposed to two, that would seem to also indicate that he's got confidence that Honda's going to stick around at least through 2022 and continue to challenge. Yeah. Because, let I mean, let's face it. If Max Verstappen came on the market, mm-hmm. you know one of the first calls that would be made to his phone and to Yas's phone would be Toto Wolff. And huh. Toto would be trying to get him over there to replace Valtteri. Mm-hmm. Ferrari would probably be fishing around as well. But the fact that Max has the confidence that Honda's going to stick around and Honda is going to position Red Bull to challenge, I think, says quite a bit. Now, admittedly, when we heard Max talking when Honda first became the power supplier for Red Bull, we mocked incessantly.
1: Well, yeah, but... Also, let's think about this from Max's standpoint. Max thinks he's a superstar. Max thinks he is yeah. world championship bound, like, imminently. Mm-hmm. And I personally disagree. I think he's got a few years. He's he's an incredible driver. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying. But I think he's got a few years of maturity on, his, on him that's going to be required. His need to, his desire to go to, let's say, Mercedes to replace Valtteri, might be hampered because he might not want to stand in lewis's shadow quite so closely
0: i'm with a team like mercedes i'm not sure he would see it as standing in lewis's shadow i think he would see it more as he's got a teammate who will challenge him and that he can challenge
1: well he might go into it thinking that oh he could really push lewis because now he'd be in the same power unit Mm -hmm. and all of that but the minute lewis shows him up he's going to be whining like nobody's business. I mean, that's my that's my concern is he can be top dog and be rocking it at Red Bull, he's going to have to work harder at either Ferrari or Mercedes. But and it also it's ans- not Max's jam,
0: but it also answers a question that he's got of who's the better driver. Yeah. And you put him you put him in that same car alongside Lewis where he can sit and challenge Lewis he gets that answer one way or the other
1: but the problem is max couldn't handle finding out that he's not a oh, probably not better driver he, he, at least now it's still a question well if i had the same car i'd be you know up there too and now it's a it's it's an unprovable theory of max's the minute he's in the same car and he gets smoked by lewis or he gets smoked by valtteri and not by valtteri um by vettel I mean, heck, he gets in the same car and gets smoked by a Terry. He's gonna be screaming and whining. And well, well he gets smoked by smoke. anybody. He will. And Yas will punch him.
0: Well, yeah, but he gets smoked by anybody. He he will yell and scream. And...
1: Well, yeah, because he's a whiner. Anyway. So,
0: there is a new test and development driver over at Williams.
1: Susie Wolf came back?
0: No. Oh. No. She she will not be coming back to Formula One. She is a team principal of the Venturi F1. Actually, I'm sorry. Now it's, I believe, the Rocket Venturi Formula E team. Wow. Because And, and I don't think we had mentioned this, but Rocket, Williams' title sponsor is now a title sponsor over at Venturi.
1: I know that if Toto offered her Valtteri's seat, she'd come back to Formula One. I don't think she would.
0: Honestly, I I, I don't. I think she
1: loves to drive.
0: I think she loves to drive, but she has not been training at a Formula One level since she left Williams. True. And because of that, I don't think that she would rush to do that.
1: Well, also... She stopped training when, you know, she got pregnant. Now, I don't know if there's going to be a, a sibling for Jack.
0: I mean, we have not heard about her getting her license suspended again. Sure. But, you know, if David Cothard said, hey, let's go drive and race the champions, you know she she's right there. Oh, yeah. And if DTM or somebody else called, she'd probably do that too. So let's, but anyway. New test and development driver over at Williams. Okay. Not Susie Wolf. Okay. Not at all. No, it is Israeli driver, Ralph Nassani. Now, or excuse me, not Ralph, Roy Nassani.
1: Oh. Sorry. Big difference. Ralph's his older brother. Yeah,
0: Ralph is his older <laughs> brother. No, younger brother. <laughs> younger brother?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ralph's the younger brother. Ralph's the younger brother. <laughs> Definitely less accomplished brother.
0: Now, Roy does have some experience in a Formula One car.
1: Well, that's good. Um,
0: mainly doing additional test and development stuff. He he drove uh, for Williams in the Abu Dhabi test this past winter. Uh, he drove uh, Sauber at Valencia in 2014. Um, but his last racing experience was back in 2018 competing in Formula 2. Uh, finished 22nd overall and just scored a point. So I don't think it's likely that he's going to make it onto the track as a williams driver or as a driver for anybody but these are the kind of folks that they bring up for test and development work okay much better than not a formula one driver who came to chicago
1: well yeah i mean i would prefer to have well roy but not yes, Ralph. Roy. i mean ralph definitely not a formula one the, driver.
0: there is a much better chance as williams has seen That Roy will be able to complete a lap in the Williams car without stalling it out. Yes. Uh, He will also be uh, making a couple of outings in Free Practice 1 this year. Okay. But again, Free Practice 1.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Also, uh, getting an increased role over at Williams. Again, not Suzy Wolf. (laughs) Just to be clear, not Suzy. But uh, W Series champion Jamie Chadwick.
1: So we are getting a woman.
0: Uh, yes, but this is a simulator program. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't look like that she'll be taking uh, the car onto the track. She'll be at several of the European Grand Prix. One of the things that I didn't realize about um, the W Series, and apparently it's the same with Formula 2, is that if you win the championship, you don't get to come back the following year and defend your championship. Now, Jamie will get to do it this year, but next year, if she wins the championship, she won't get to try and defend it to be a three-time champion.
1: Oh, why will she get to do it this year then?
0: They hadn't cha- they hadn't updated the rules. Oh, okay. Basically, I think it's because they didn't know if the series would make it past the season. Um, and the other big news about the W Series... Um, w Series will be one of the supporting races. The last two uh, rounds of the W Series this year will be supporting races at the uh, U.S. Grand Prix in Austin and the Mexican Grand Prix.
1: Oh, nice. So you want to see some really good lady drivers, you should go to those two races.
0: Yeah. Um. Also, in junior driver development news, see where is the trend here.
1: Ah, I see. I see where we're going.
0: Um, Charles Leclerc, by the way, has a younger brother. Ralph?
1: No. (laughs) I've been waiting for this one. Art? Arthur. Arthur? Arthur.
0: Oh. I mean, unless we want to call him Art. (laughs) We could name him Art. (laughs) Well, I don't know. But Art Leclerc or Arthur Leclerc, depending on what you want to do here. Well, um, the number
1: of people that screw up Leclerc, um, yeah, we could go R Leclerc. Yeah.
0: Arthur has been signed by Ferrari's junior driver development program.
1: Okay. So, well, I, I mean, hey. Well, I mean, somebody signed Ralph Schumacher. I mean, somebody <laughs> signed people's younger brothers. Mick Schumacher. Well, Mick's the son, isn't he?
0: Yes. Yeah, and but Mick's
1: like doing well.
0: Mix in Formula 2, and it's...
1: He's growing into
0: it. He's growing into it, but there is still talk of that the Schumacher name will probably propel him into a seat oh, okay. at some point. Not yet.
1: Right. But the Schumacher name propelled Ralph into a seat too and see how well he did with it. Ralph did okay.
0: Not as good as Michael. He he deserved to be in Formula One much more than, oh, I don't know, Pastor Maldonado.
1: Wow, you didn't pull out your resident favorite punching bag, uh, Lance Stroll. Well,
0: that was another one.
1: I mean, he's so bad, daddy had to buy him a team.
0: Yeah. And Ralph has more podiums than Lance.
1: Okay. I
0: think Ralph actually has a couple of race wins under his belt. Okay. So, you know, kind of deserved to be there. And I know Pastor had a a race win too.
1: Yeah, Barcelona. Did you know that was like... The best win well, ever. You,
0: you know, we could pick a couple of drivers from Marusha. They'd be another ones.
1: That have more race wins than Lance?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, arguably, and, and I hate to say it, but Lance's had more success on track than Noreen Carthacanen.
1: Yes, but Noreen had more Ks in his name. True. <laughs> <laughs> I mean when you have to go with something. I mean, there are the number of Ks.
0: Now, still in the sport, at least through this year, is Sergio Perez, since we're talking about Racing Point. Mm. So Sergio is watching very closely. You know, Sergio had his shot at the bigs, um, and it didn't go very well. No. Partly his fault, partly not his fault. But it didn't go very well, and he found himself back over at Force India, which later became Racing Point. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he's the
1: reason they became Racing Point.
0: He was. Um, This is his 10th season in Formula One. And throughout that time, with the exception of his shot at McLaren, he has been fighting in the midfield. He's done with it. Uh, His feeling is if the car isn't better and he doesn't have a chance to challenge at the end of his contract, he's probably not staying beyond it at this point. He's Mm -hmm. done. I mean, the reality is he's not getting into Mercedes. He's not getting into Ferrari, and he's not getting into Red Bull.
1: And that's that's the math every human that does this has got to get to. Yep. Is, you know, are you going to go the route of a Kimi Raikkonen who's like, I'm just happy to be on the grid, and I'll take dropping down to Sauber and, and keep going? Or do you say, I can't challenge. I've gone as far as I can go. What other series is out there that I could go further in? Do I drop over to Indy, which is closer to home for him because he's Mexican? Um, You know, what else can I do? Or can I take the fame and fortune that I've earned so far and do something else with it?
0: I mean, that's a question for Sergio, is Mm -hmm. would he step off to Indy or to something, to another series, or would he take it to instead? Because this is the other thing that we've seen, is it. He is a very, very proud Mexican and wants to build on Mexican part, uh, participation in motorsport. And would he look to do something more along those lines as opposed to continuing to drive competitively?
1: I don't know. He's also extremely personable. I mean, he may yeah. do the Mexican version of David Cothard.
0: Oh, he could be. i a broadcaster. I don't, I don't know what their, their broadcast package is. I don't either. Telemundo
1: yeah he could probably yeah fit right in but he is very personable yeah so that i mean if he's looking to further the sport in mexico that could be a great opportunity for him but i can understand at 10 years in the sport you feel like you're not going anywhere and you're not getting any younger i mean that's the other piece of this your window is still very very narrow of doing the job
0: yeah Speaking of window-narrowing to do the job, Sean Bratches. Eyebrows. We heard the rumors that it, he was on his way out the door, and it's looking more like it. He looking is,
1: more like it? Or it's, like, done now?
0: Autosport says that Liberty has finalized the arrangements for his departure and said that, he may be ex- that he's expected to step down as early as next week. Oh, wow. So it's coming.
1: All right, I'm just putting it out there. I mean, I know.
0: Polish your resume.
1: Well, that's the thing is, you know, we have come up with shortlists for other teams, you know, for the teams when they've had openings. We've come up with shortlists for technical directors. We've come up with, you know.
0: No, not technical directors, just drivers. And honestly, you're more qualified to do this <laughs> than to be a driver. I mean, there's no Sharpie needed.
1: I know. I don't need a super license, but I do not have artistic eyebrows. I mean.
0: I don't think you necessarily need artistic eyebrows.
1: I would I would hope that that's not a requirement.
0: And you have enough hair, because remember, basically the person who had this job before Sean Bratches was Bernie.
1: I have so better hair than got Bernie. It,
0: so you've got enough hair that if, you know, the requirement is a
1: ridiculous hairstyle, you could pull that off. But I have better hair than Bernie does. You do. It's but, just as white as Bernie's, but it, it, I have it, better hair. It, just, it depends
0: on what they set as the requirements of, you know, whether, whether you need interesting facial hair or just interesting hair in general. You could pull off the interesting hair piece. I
1: could. I could. But, you know, I, I, I do have qualifications in this area. So, Chase, you could give me a call. I, I, I could be an asset for you.
0: I believe his address is the FIA.
1: The FIA.
0: (laughs) Actually, no, it wouldn't be. It would be the Formula One. (laughs) Just. Formula One Plaza.
1: (laughs) One Formula Plaza. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, Chase, call me.
0: (laughs) So speaking of the FIA.
1: That could be a really interesting job interview, by the way. Let me think about that for a minute. It
0: actually could be. Um, Jean Todd, president of the FIA. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, Formula One is working on building the calendar and and... and they want to increase races, and there's a lot of debate about that. And, and
1: How many divorces will occur. Divorces
0: and how difficult it is for the teams and the added <laughs> costs and all of those, those bits and pieces. And honestly, they're really valid concerns. And Jean-Todd, if, if you're not familiar with this, he's got a Formula One background. Mm-hmm. He ran the Ferrari team for quite a few years. I believe part of the time when they were still successful— Ooh. Well, more successful. So he, I mean, he knows about this. He, he, he's been there. Um, he doesn't think that teams have any right to be upset over possible longer calendars.
1: What potential logic could he be using to say that you don't have a right to be upset if there's a longer calendar?
0: So his, his full comments on this, I, I, I want to give the, I don't want to quote him out of line here. Okay. Okay. So he says, I think it will be a long process before being close to 25 races, probably so much emphasis on speculating and assessing 25 races. And at the moment we should concentrate on 22, which is the situation and what it represents here. I may have a different point of view. I really feel that. And I include myself. We are so blessed to be in a world where we love what we do. We have the passion. We are privileged. Whoever is in F one is privileged. Of course, you have some duties.
1: Oh, so it would be just so much of an honor to race twenty five races that naturally an
0: honor to be in for to be in Formula One in general.
1: So naturally, it, the honor to have that job is so great that naturally your spouse and children well, will suck up.
0: See, he addressed their that. He said, "When I was in other positions." I was working 18 hours every day, seven days, six or seven days a week because I had passion. I wanted a result. Then, of course, the family. If you have a beloved family, they will understand, and you don't do that for all your life.
1: That, but that... your kids are only young one time. Yeah,
0: And and to to go on further about... How many
1: times has he been how divorced?
0: Out, how out of touch he is. Oh. Oh, yeah, because it gets better.
1: Are we talking how? Bernie level out of touch?
0: Oh, pretty damn close.
1: Well, you know, because they're buds.
0: He says, believe me, I do a lot in the other activities in my life where I see people, if they are blessed, they get $30 a month in certain countries. So we should not forget that. You have an 8 billion population and you have 800 million people... They are not able to eat, to drink, to get a vaccination. We're here to talk about F1, but we must not close our eyes and forget what is happening for other people and for other communities. I feel, again, we have to be blessed, and all those who are in F1 with much higher salaries, incidentally, than any other business, should be very happy. It doesn't mean that it's not hardworking and all that, but simply assessing the position. Huh? It's what he says. We get paid really well and we love our job. So we should consider ourselves luckier than the folks who have nothing. And we should be good with 25 races a year. Huh? (laughs) Did I not warn you? It was even more out of touch.
1: I'm just trying to understand how that connection even like works in your head. Um, Yes, you're paid well. Yes, you are paid better than people that are in third world countries. Yes, all of those things are true. Yes, you're blessed. All of that is a true statement. But I'm fundamentally having a problem with the thought that that means that you should risk your family and your lifestyle. Wait,
0: wait, wait. Let me translate it. You should eat all of your food because there are children starving in Africa.
1: That, yeah. That's, that's what he's saying. Okay. Um. Yeah, he and Bernie could go to their own little private island together and never speak to the press again. It would be awesome.
0: Yeah, but he is president of the FIA.
1: The FIA. <laughs>
0: um,
1: maybe that should change.
0: You know, he's on his third term because nobody else wants the job.
1: You could apply.
0: Um, I have to be... You have to be in charge of uh, one of the national automobile clubs to be eligible to to put your name in. Okay. I'm not going to take over AAA.
1: Okay.
0: Or the Canadian Automobile Association. A? Yeah. So that kind of rules me out. And we don't live in Switzerland.
1: No, we don't live in Switzerland. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, if you had leveraged your car club presidency correctly, you could be in line for this.
0: Well, I, we we would have had to have gotten um, some additional recognitions and certifications that I don't think a local mini club would ever get.
1: Yes, but it would
0: International have International been- sanction. I mean, c- granted... That, you know, at at the time, if we were in Formula One, if we had played our cards right, we could have gotten the club to, I don't know, be race marshals at the U.S. Grand Prix in Indianapolis.
1: Yes, you could have.
0: But we didn't, so. Because who knew?
1: No, we didn't know back then.
0: Anyway. Tires.
1: You're sick. We don't want to talk about tires. tires. It'll just make you sicker. You're going to have to start coughing again if you start talking about tires. Don't talk about tires.
0: So if you'll recall this year, Ugh. several of the teams this past year had issues with keeping the tires at the right temperature and with overheating the tires. And Pirelli wanted to change the design of the tires going into 2020, and the team said, no, these tires suck. Right. Well, Mario all over at Pirelli says, guess what? The problem you had with the tires in 2019 isn't going away, because they're the same tires. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the only tool that Pirelli has in order to deal with this is to increase tire pressures, which we know the teams absolutely hate.
1: Uh
0: And of course... The only way they can make sure that the the tires potentially have a chance of surviving their way around the banking at That's Zandvoort.
1: going to be put in despite the fact that nobody wants the banking. It's in. Oh, they put the banking. At the-
0: it's in. Uh, uh, um, Was it Red Bull or was it Zandvoort who released? Either Red Bull or Zandvoort released video of Max driving what was probably a 2014 car. So I think it's three years old you can do unlimited driving with driving a 2014 Red Bull uh, through the banking. It's done. It's in. It's finished. It's striped. It's there. Now, I haven't heard comments from him one way or the other. I will say this. In watching the video, it does look good. So my hope is that because it is wider, it does, in fact, allow drivers to do what we think. They're actually talking that the banking may be sufficient enough to allow the, the cars to go through the turn with DRS open. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Okay, that could Which be interesting.
0: could make things very interesting. It could actually make that a passing zone.
1: That would be very interesting.
0: Now, granted, it would be a DRS-assisted passing zone, but it would be a passing zone.
1: Yeah, but if it's passing, it could be interesting. It could be fun. Um but it could also be nail-bitingly scary, too, because it's banked. Um, anyway, and then there's tires that have to survive it. hmm And the tires are going to have temperature problems. Yeah. I see this going very, very well this year.
0: It is the song that never ends.
1: Types. Somebody started singing it, not knowing what it was.
0: So, this past week. Actually, no, it was last week last week while it was the monday after we didn't record because i felt really bad
1: because you were coughing up a lot yeah okay
0: so the news outlets were all talking about how lando norris managed to accidentally leak the date of the car launch for mclaren this year
1: and in the history of Things that are not a big deal to leak. I don't think the late, the date for a car launch is really that big of a deal. But okay, it is it's something. Some,
0: if the team's not ready to do it, because what they don't want to do is they don't want to have a car that's not ready to present. Got it. Because it, it does have an You know, it, the sponsors and everything. It is actually a kind of a big deal. Okay. Now the details around the launch and what the car looks like and all that is, is a much bigger deal, but still. Okay. So what happened was, and what, what got everybody spun up, is um, Lando Norris uh, did a live stream on McLaren's YouTube channel, uh, walking through the McLaren Technical Center. And it starts just like, and I'm not going to post a link to it, only for the simple reason that
1: it wasn't very you said it was super bouncy and it made you sick to your stomach. It,
0: it, it was pretty close. If it had gone on much longer with him, I mean, there was a lot of whipping the camera around and, hey, look at this, and then whip back around and look at him, and whip back around and look at this person. And it was, But it, it was on the McLaren YouTube channel. It was a live stream on there. Um, starts off pretty average and understandable of, you know, hey, let's go look at... Uh, the avenue of champions and how great it is it to start the day looking at the avenue of champions and he goes you know i'm going to take you around behind the scenes here at mclaren they're letting me take over the, the channel to do that let's go pop into marketing and see what's going on and he walks into this room it's a in, into a conference room and it's the hey guys how's it going i'm, I'm streaming live on uh, on on youtube and he shows the room and all the people sitting there and on the screen at the front of the room, you know where your display screen would be for a conference, is a picture of a McLaren race car and says, confidential MCL, th- MC, was it 30 this year? Or 34, whatever the number of car this year. Uh, <coughs> fan launch. Mm-hmm. Confidential. And, hey, what are you guys talking about? Oh, we're just talking about the the launch this year. It, it, it's, it's confidential and... and lando goes oh I'm, we're, we're live on youtube don't show me any of your papers and you see people start to flip stuff over and close laptops and stuff like that and they're just chatting away and it, it, after a couple of minutes he goes again so you know what what's going on what do we what are we doing what are we working and again it was you know we're just setting up the details for the the car launch and lando goes oh it's february 13th right and the whole room gets really quiet. And he goes, well, that's what Zach told me. It's February 13th. And somebody goes, oh, maybe you should turn that off. And the video gets cut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which everyone start, you know, all the media outlets start going, Lando Norris leaked out the, the, the launch date. Lando, you know. And McLaren, not long afterwards, put up a Twitter post and confirmed it. It's going to be February 13th. And their post was, you heard it here first struck through and underneath that it said, thanks, Lando mm-hmm. and Lando about an hour or two later did a video that said, Yeah, you may have heard that I accidentally put this out, and he was announcing some contest that fans can go and be at the, the launch event, that kind of a thing. but as I was watching this, I'm like, there's no way this is real. <laughs> this can't be I mean I from what we saw from the Netflix series and what we saw from the Amazon show with Stoffel Van Dorn, the thought that anybody at McLaren would be able to walk into a quote-unquote confidential meeting with a camera and not have everybody freak out, especially the, hey, I'm live streaming on YouTube, and not have everybody freak out, seemed really implausible to me. And sure enough, what, about five, six hours later, McLaren and Lando put out a video that said, ah, gotcha, and they show behind the scenes in the room, there were three other cameras in there, and (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Now, possibly Lando wasn't fully in on the idea, but the plan apparently had been to let him in and see what they could do. Ah. Is what it seems like, because... Um, somebody commented that, that Lando had looked kind of scared when they turned around and said, um, that, you know, when, when they started to freak out in the room. So it's
1: possible. I mean, we don't think that Lando is that particularly good of an actor.
0: Well, th- there's that, but Lando was a bit of a clown. So, yeah. and, and, and that's why it, it wouldn't completely surprise me if Lando was in on the, the plan, but also, I think there's a potential that Lando wasn't on the plan, and they walked, and they set him up.
1: Also possible.
0: Which, if that's the case, that's even better. That's a much better story than <laughs> Lando accidentally leaked the data, because I, I don't buy that at all. But the thought of Lando set, or, or McLaren set up Lando to think he was doing it, that that could have been kind of genius.
1: That definitely could have been kind of genius.
0: MCL 35, That's that's the car. Okay. Um, but officially, February 13th is the date of the McLaren car launch. Okay. Possibly the most entertaining of the announcements of the
1: car launches. Okay.
0: Um, Mercedes will also be ruining Valentine's Day along with Toro Rosso, February 14th. They Hopefully will be...
1: they'll do it earlier in the day and everybody can still go out to dinner at night.
0: Uh, probably. Uh, they're actually going to be doing a private... Uh, filming debut at Silverstone. Oh, okay. But I guess the press will be allowed to at least get pictures or something. Um, but February fourteenth, <laughs> Renault has announced theirs. Uh, they will be on uh February twelfth at Letelier Renault on the Champs Elysees. Okay. Uh, Ferrari, as we mentioned on our other show, still twenty uh February eleventh. Uh, Alfa Torre still. Uh, Yeah, I said Toro Rosso, but it's Alpha Toro right now. Uh, February 14th, uh, with our first preseason test, February 19th to the 21st, and the second, February 26th to the 28th.
1: We are getting close. We are.
0: Um, While we're talking about Renault, they're still- You know
1: we're less than 60 days out from the Australian Grand Prix? Isn't that awesome? It is so awesome. I hate this time of year.
0: And you know what? We'll be able to watch the Australian Grand Prix in our new media room. Surround sounds and everything.
1: And you won't have to pause it when I have to go get a drink because we can see it in the bar.
0: Yeah, we got to make sure that that's set up properly so you could see it. <laughs> but that'll be pretty cool too. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Renault.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they are still evaluating their future in Formula One. Um, some of that has to do with, um, a story you would have heard if we didn't have a problem with our recording last time. I was
1: going to wonder if we were actually going to acknowledge I, I kind
0: of <laughs> almost forgot about that.
1: <laughs> uh, that, uh.
0: Because we, we had spoken about Carlos Goen's escape from Japan in our, in our last show. Mm-hmm. Um, you just didn't get to hear that story because we had a problem.
1: Well, yeah. Something broke. <laughs> Something did not yeah. go as planned.
0: Something broke. That had not gone well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had spoken about that. But as, as part of the restructuring and the work that has been done over at Renault to um, recover from all of the turmoil of Carlos Ghosn's departure from the organization, uh, they are doing a comprehensive review of, all of their operations including the Formula One team. Oh. And as we know, Renault has poured a ton of money into the facility, into the team, and they're not seeing a lot come out of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and there's also a lot of frustration over the fact that the team fell to fifth behind McLaren, their customer team, who, oh by the way, isn't renewing the contract.
1: So they will be their only Renault engine on the grid.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So depending on what happens with the, the 2021 regulations and whether or not it looks like the team is actually producing again in 2021 will probably be whether or not they're in the sport beyond 2021. I mean, I hate to say it, but when they're only supplying one team, It's not a big loss if you lose them as a manufacturer.
1: No, it's not.
0: And it's disappointing. I know. The other thing that uh, Cyril Abitbol says is that um, the team can't use development and prep for 2021 as an excuse for 2020. No. They have to deliver anyway. And if they don't, coming out and saying that, well, you know, we focused our efforts on 2021 and ain't
1: going to fly. I don't, I agree completely with his sentiment on that.
0: So looking back a little bit, so 2019, as you recall, going into 2019, there was a bit of a change in aerodynamic rules. Yeah. The whole idea was to make it so that the cars could race closer together and to minimize the effect of the dirty air and, and the following mm-hmm. and improve the racing. Pat Simmons, formerly at Williams and now with the FIA who was largely responsible for these rules, is now saying, yeah, these rules were probably a mistake (laughs) because they didn't really we we rushed them through they didn't really do what we wanted them to do and we didn't really do any air tunnel testing and we just kind of yeah, we just kind of winged it, it didn't work
1: We made some assumptions. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: It was far from ideal, as he says.
1: Yes. Yes, you are correct. It was far from ideal. Ideal was on the other side of the street from where you were.
0: Yeah. And in our last stories, Mm -hmm. last bit here. So this past week wrapped up the Dakar rally. Yes. Two really key aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Number one, the winner of the car for the third time, Carlos Sainz Sr.
1: Yes. Daddy Sainz. Yes. Yes.
0: Who is still a force to be reckoned with in the World Rally and Off-Road Racing Series.
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: But, you know, it's very clear where Carlos gets from. By the way, I believe he was driving a Mini. (laughs) <laughs> now, if you looked at it, you wouldn't think it was a mini, but it was a, it was the x rayed Mini, um, that was modified by John Cooper Works. Okay,
1: uh,
0: but it looks nothing like a mini.
1: No. Uh,
0: also, as you recall, a participant in this year's Dakar Rally was Fernando Alonso.
1: Okay, by participant. Given where he came... So, Carlos Sainz Sr. was first. Yeah. And looking down the field, when you finally get down to Fernando's name, was he in the stands? He finished. Oh. Okay. So, he did actually show up.
0: He did. Um, He came in 13th. Um, The first stage, he was second. Oh, okay. Uh, The second stage he had mechanical issues and they lost several hours. Okay. Um, cause you know, when things break, you just fix them out on the track and, or out on the course and keep going. Um, so he lost several hours due to mechanical issues. Uh, to, but there, there was video. Apparently he was like actively helping to fix the problems. Oh, he, he wasn't he, in he a wasn't lawn chair. No, yeah. He, he wasn't in a lawn chair or playing with the cameras or anything like that. He, he was involved in this. Um, he also, the other stage, and, and I, I think it was the fourth stage? I don't remember exactly which stage it was. The other notable period. Um, he came over a dune and rolled twice. It was pretty spectacular, but he rolled twice.
1: Was he concussed?
0: He was not concussed. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no debate with Ron Dennis about whether or not he had a concussion. And he did continue, but yeah, he, he, he rolled the card twice so fernando is saying that yeah he he hasn't decided if he's gonna run next year
1: he may be in the stands
0: all i have to say because really i think what this is at this point is it's fernando alonso in his ego that continues to tell him that he is an amazing all-around driver and he is looking for any possible series he can get his foot into and do well Mm Mm-hmm. And he's not doing it. Yep. Possibly he's not as good a driver as he thinks he is.
1: I think. Yeah. I'm
0: he's going back to karting. He's going to race the teenagers and whip their butts.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I think. And I've prefaced my comment with the fact that we all know that I am not a huge Fernando Alonso fan. No way. But I'm going to say this.
0: Hey, uh, Fernando Alonso gear from McLaren is is on like 60% off sale at the the Formula One store. You want any of it? No. Oh.
1: (laughs) Okay. I think Fernando is probably a very good driver. He is. He is a better Formula One driver than I am.
0: Well, that doesn't take much.
1: See? Okay. But here's the thing. I think that if he wants to excel at a, another series because he's frustrated with where F1 has taken him, he would be better served to shut his mouth, suck up a full-year ride at IndyCar, and then he could probably kick some butt, and he would probably win he probably a would. lot of times in IndyCar. Would he be a champion? I don't know. He could do I, it.
0: I would be surprised that if he picked up the phone and called Ganassi or Schmidt-Peterson mm-hmm. or one of the leading teams. Well, actually, no. He would have to call one of the Chevy teams. I was going to
1: say, one of the, the Chevy Honda teams. teams.
0: won't talk to him. But if he called one of the, the stronger Chevy teams and said, hey, I'm looking for a ride, especially if he's going to turn around and go, you know i've got sponsors who will significantly cover the cost of adding a car mm-hmm. cuz i mean there's teams who run four cars that will cover the cost of it they're gonna do it
1: oh just the name recognition alone they would do yeah. it but he'd have to commit to the year he can't just drop into the 500 yeah and that's the problem is his ego's not letting him say i'm willing to do this for the year And fight for it.
0: Either that or go back to WEC. You had success there. Yeah. Go back to endurance racing and keep tearing it up.
1: Yeah, go for it. But I think the door and the window is closed in F1 and stop grasping at straws and commit to something or go back to Spain and run your karting track and teach the next generation. That's
0: probably the better thing.
1: That's where he belongs. But I don't think his ego is letting him do that.
0: His ego won't let him do it, and I don't think that he's got the business sense that he needs. I mean, again, remember, his he is his own worst enemy.
1: So, H- Fernando, his I've got good business sense. And now, I'm already sending my resume to Chase Carey, so I could send you my resume, and I could help you with the business side of it. You know, I could give you some support. Go teach the next generation. I would actually support that with Fernando. Okay. I'd wear Fernando gear if he'd step up and teach the next generation.
0: Okay, Fernando, if you hear that, let us know. We're available via Twitter, via Facebook, you name it.
1: (laughs) Carrier pigeon.
0: Yeah. And on that note, we'll call it a show.